Hello and welcome to another episode of Wannabe Entrepreneur. Today I have an interesting interview here. It's the first time that I am interviewing three people at the same time, each one of them in their own computer. So I really hope that uh, everything will go okay sound-wise. And um, yeah, so today I have uh, Matthias, Misha and Wolfgang. He hello everyone. Hello. 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 Thank you so much for accepting the, this invitation. Uh, Wolfgang and Matthias uh, are already kind of known by you, the listeners. I already interviewed them. Uh, Wolfgang, I actually interviewed you already two times. Uh, so they are regulars already. And uh, Misha is the, the first time that, that you are here. So, so welcome. They are the... Um, the creators of uh, code prints that uh, basically allows you to personalize your or or gives you a per personalized prints of your uh, github contributions and uh, it basically creates art out of code they will speak more about it it's a very exciting journey and we'll learn how they were able to bootstrap uh, this this bus business and this product and uh, i will just in the beginning ask uh, each one of you to introduce yourself. Matthias and Wolfgang, uh, you can just give a very quick introduction because everyone already knows you. And Misha, maybe you can give a more in-depth introduction of yourself. And uh, Wolfgang, maybe you you can start. Okay, so a, a very short in introduction. Um, for code prints, at least, I'm one of the creators. And in general, that's, I think, also the good description of what I usually do. I just love to create new stuff and new projects and CodePrints is one of them. Matthias, what about you? Uh, I'm a backend engineer and I've also been a guest in that show already. Um, what I like to do is maybe bring ideas to life and also work on side projects a lot. And I like to also collaborate with uh, other creative people and I definitely enjoyed working on CodePrints. Uh, together with Wolfgang and Misha. And uh, Misha, what yeah. about you? So I am uh, actually just joined Coprints really, really late, I guess, or a bit later than uh, from the beginning. So the ideas from the birth to other guys. And I am currently a full-time student uh, studying in social informatics and also a part-time full-stack software engineer. So actually this was just to learn some interesting parts about building up a business in my free time and get some knowledge about, uh, for example, how to set up the shop or how to uh, show those contributions on a printed frame, for example. Yeah, that's super cool. So what did you say you were studying, Misha? I'm studying in social informatics. It's like uh, a more practical way of the theoretical uh, computer science parts so that you just also have a look to the society. For example, how can... Uh, artificial intelligence or uh, social networks affect the uh, society in general. Wow, but is is that more like in the psychology psychology realm, or is it engineering? It's uh, still engineering, so we have around about fifty or sixty percent computer science, and then many many parts from different uh, business parts. We have mm -hmm. uh, legal parts, we have social uh, intelligence parts, and also psychology. So. Many That's different so parts to study, so it's a bit more wider than computer science at all. Well, I mean, I mean, that's I've never heard about it. That's super exciting because I think that's 
you know, especially now with social networks, we can see the harm <laughs> that they do. And uh, the fact that there's already studies and people actually researching this and, and teaching this, it's it's uh, definitely very, very important. Yeah. I also wrote my bachelor thesis about uh, Instagram, for example, where I studied how the design patterns they use uh, to design the user interface can affect the usage time of the user. I did. I didn't know that there was already this this kind of this kind of studies. What what is then your uh, once you finish your studies? What what are your um, possible jobs? Like what what would you see yourself working on? Well, what you can do is kind of anything from beginning from engineer to some product manager, but you can also go into politics and uh, everything else uh, throughout the wide uh, base you get uh, within your studies. You can just go anywhere and help making maybe the parts between computer science and society a bit better. I, I can see here already Wolfgang in the chat saying that he's going for a coffee. So I guess he's getting a bit bored. <laughs> but I, I really find it super super interesting. So sorry here for the for the side note. No, I also I also think that it's super interesting. It's just that I that I know it already. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, let, let's get a dig in into into the story that we want to tell today, the story of uh, code code prints. Who wants to to pitch the idea to describe what what is code prints? Like do a, the first pitch. Mm, ever since Wolfgang left Trivago, we tried to stay in contact and at least exchange ideas on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And We've worked together for a while on other projects. And um, what I like about Wolfgang is that he is a maker. He likes to build things, not talk too much about them. And one yeah, of true. these days we were talking about side projects and the ideas we had circling around. And I guess it more or less came out of nowhere. I noticed that my office at home was very empty. It looked very generic, very bland. Mm -hmm. And I said that I wanted to buy uh, something personal, something related to what is interesting to me. So something around code, open source, but I wasn't really sure. And I guess we looked around a bit and we found a website where you could order a print of your GitHub timeline. And I wanted to order there there but it wasn't possible anymore that website kind of went out of business can't even remember the name anymore hmm. but i kind of liked the idea it wasn't done in the most you know modern way and i would have changed a few things but in general i really liked the idea and then in the end we agreed that we might want to try something around those lines even if it was just for myself even if i could just have a print myself And we started about thinking how to do it, how to build it. And I guess we built the first version within a couple of days. Um, okay. That's, uh, it's also very typical of, um, of your, or product, your products, Matthias, even with, uh, with your, what is kick my ass? You, you, you have the <laughs> idea and from having the idea to having the final, the, not the final, the first MVP, it's always super fast. And that's always what also I really, admire you for it it's super super exciting and you always have this you know developer mindset i know that i have to be somewhat quick because otherwise i will lose lose yeah. interest and 
if I don't have a working version within a couple weeks and I just keep circulating around the same idea, then I'll just lose traction. You lose your motivation. Yeah. But uh, so, so Wolfgang, Matthias came to you with this idea. Why, why did you like it? Why did you want to jump in? I directly said said yes. That's that's an awesome idea because I really I really liked it that you can create a physical product or a physical thing out of your history of coding. Because usually developers they they spend a lot of time uh, coding stuff, but you can't see directly the output. Right? It's always hidden somewhere. But what is the actual problem that you guys are solving with the with the code prints? So I think it is for developers because they don't have a lot of stuff what they can buy and uh, yeah. use for for the decoration of their home office or in general that their um, their apartment whatever. So you don't have that much of personalized things that you can buy or order. I fully agree with what Wolfgang said. I think that there is a problem in around geek culture because there's an entire industry that tries to sell you products that are meant for geeks or, or nerds, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. But they are really not targeting nerds. They are really not meant for users. That's just a perception from someone that is not a geek, for example. Look at Big Bang Theory or Marvel's Avengers or so. Most people that are fans of these, you know, ventures mm -hmm. they are not particularly geeky themselves they think that they want to associate themselves with that whatever geekdom it is that they are watching but in reality it's far from what uh, developers or what what geeks really do uh, and uh, and i also think that in, in our culture of uh, developers like we really like to have as wolfgang said the material stuff so, for instance, we go to conferences and we bring a lot of stickers and, and mugs as well, as you said. So it, there's a need for sure also to kind of materialize our software, you know, having something that you can actually, actually touch. And I know that Misha only, only joined a bit later, but I, I will use him in, in, in this situation, this conversation to kind of be the one that, you know, as an external view uh, until until he joins. And, and Misha, do, do you... And and you can be completely honest. You know this is a free place. What what do you think of the problem that uh, that you that you are solving with this? What, what do you think of uh, code prints? The idea. Well, I actually have to say I didn't saw the need for it in the first place because I'm not uh, into that decoration game. I guess uh, <laughs> in your home office, I'm just working for it. And but when I saw the idea, because I just accidentally scrolled through an article where code prints was mentioned. I thought, well, cool, that's a quite nice idea. So maybe I think it's not needed, but need is also uh, some kind of word you can interpret like True. you want to. So maybe it uh, differentiates between different persons. So everyone has his own opinion. And it's not a, it's not a need. So like I, you need it to survive, of course. So it's not like, for instance, food when every everyone needs and everything that is decoration. It's it's always not, you know, the first thing that we will buy, obviously. Uh, but but you you could see that there was, it was an interesting idea, and you could see how other developers would like to have 
this in their homes. Of course, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, going back to our storyline, so Matthias and, and Wolfie, you you agreed that this would be a great idea. You you didn't do any market research, did you? <laughs> we should have. <laughs> so you just jumped in. To, let, let's let's. No, I I think we we did some me. some research. We we had a look at at other websites. Um, they were one or two websites that did the same, but no longer worked, as Matthias already said. So we we did a bit of research. What is out there? Um, some rough calculations, I would say. Matthias said, I think they are, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, 1, one million or 10 million uh, GitHub users, something like that. Like More like 50 million now. But Yeah, yeah whatever. And if, if just um, yeah. 0.5% of those users uh, buy one of our posters, then it will definitely blow up, yeah. That's true, and we also carefully picked that name because we could have called it GitHub Prince or Hub Prince or whatever, but we thought that there could be more use cases for that same domain, and there are different types of code. Um, if mm. you like, DNA is also code, or yeah. there's a lot of data science products you could think of and customized prints. Um, so we, we definitely picked just a, a small niche and, and tried to come up with a good solution for this niche. And, and I guess also for us developers, you know, if, if it's a, a designer starting their company or their product, they'll first start with, with a sketch, with the design. If it's a business person, they will do the market analysis. For us developers, we start with what we can do, which is the product, right? And and I guess that's also what always comes to my mind. If I can make the product in a week, uh, MVP in a week, I will just do it and then I'll see if it works or not, right? So tell me, how did you start? How did you build this first version? What were the, the features that you that you absolutely needed? And how did you split the tasks between uh, Matthias and, and Wolfi? How, how did that go? Usually when I start a project... I and especially if it's something that is very close to my heart, I tend to overshoot and maybe think that the MVP is bigger than it really is. And initially, my idea was that we should have at least two layouts, and there has to be some sort of, you know, um, different varieties, different frames, different sizes, and so on. Mm -hmm. And very quickly, we learned that that's not really necessary for the MVP. And Wolfgang had a big part in this because he made clear that for the true MVP and if we want to finish something within a shorter time frame, all of this is not really needed. So mm -hmm. we started to cut down on features until we reached a point where we both agreed that maybe a single print with two versions so two different frame types for example or two different sizes would be enough mm -hmm. and we focused very much on the entire pipeline the logistics to make that as smooth as possible so that the payment would go through and the delivery would arrive and then we focused on launching and making that service more known and so i guess that was exactly the right approach so what, what is the user flow? The user flow is pretty simple. And 
we honed that for a very long time. So now when you go to the website above the fold, it will already ask you for your GitHub username. Once you enter that, you get a preview right away that is rendered in real time. Mm -hmm. That's a very minimalistic, small version. It's a JPEG that is highly compressed. And you can maybe change the frame and the size, mm -hmm. and that's it. Once you go and go to the, the checkout process, this is all done by Stripe and our payment provider. Mm -hmm. You pay right away, and then we get a notification that the print is ready to be handled. Um, right now, there's still some manual work involved, which makes sense because it's an MVP. So we decided not to automate everything right away to be flexible and buy us some time. Yeah, That means we have to create that print ourselves once, which doesn't take too long, and then check that the address is inserted correctly, check if yeah there are any validation issues, and if yeah. not, then we click a button and our delivery provider sends out the print. So, uh, Wolfgang, what is what is the tech stack that you used? So I guess there's the front end, there's the website, and then you also have kind of a backend that generates the prints. Is it like two different uh, projects, or how is it that? So we we really try to to not code that much. So it's kind of a yeah, let's call it less code. I, I don't know how to to call that, but we really try to, to, <laughs> let's to, call, to let's make it a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we use the less code approach. <laughs> exactly, the less code, uh, uh, as little as possible. So we used uh, a library that already did stuff. It was not that pretty, and we just hacked in some lines of code that it uh, somehow created this this preview and and what we needed. So we we really reused a lot over time. We optimized everything a bit. Um, also on the front end side, we use uh, Shopify because it was just it it worked out of the box. You have a payment so you, the, the store whole payment was built system with attached. Okay, it's it's Shopify exactly. So it's not that cheap, of course, but it was super easy to start with. Yeah, and they have a really cool template engine. And it just worked out of the box. And then we we inserted a bit of, of JavaScript, also quite hacky, I would say, just to, to preview everything. And uh, it was also a problem because Shopify has a very sophisticated JavaScript um, framework or JavaScript code. Mm -hmm. And whenever we changed something, there's a lot of magic going on in, in the JavaScript stack of, of Shopify. Mm. So we, we, there was kind of a fight between their JavaScript and our JavaScript. So it was really hacky. Um, but it, it, it just worked. And uh, that was our goal, right? To just put some code out there to have a proof of concept as quick as possible. And then, of course, we have on the server side also JavaScript-based, but it's Node.js Node server-side uh, JavaScript. We have our own code that generates the preview, that generates the, the rendered version at the end as a PDF so that we can use it for the final product so that we also don't have to do everything. So just to make sure I, I understood, the front end is Shopify. So if I go now to codeprints.dev, that's Shopify? Exactly, that's Shopify. Okay. And just the preview that is rendered, that's on our side, on our server. Did you did you get uh, surprised, uh, Misha, 
the first time uh, you you saw the code and you saw how this you know because both Matthias and Wolfgang they are extremely you know senior developers they have a lot of experience they worked in you know top tech companies did you somehow got surprised with the fact that they hacked you know they implemented this in such a hacky way mm, yes and no i would say i mean i also have a uh, more technical background because i've made an apprenticeship before but i think it's always the same part when you go into some new companies or just look at a new code base you're always surprised how anything is done and so in this part i would say yes i was surprised uh how does everything work together with shopify because i didn't work with shopify shopify before mm -hmm. um but on the other hand it's also just javascript so yeah they are pulling the information from their own server and adding it to the view so at the, the answer is maybe yes and no yeah I think Misha also is responsible that we cleaned up a lot of stuff because he just looked at the code and asked, why do you do that? Why do you do that? Oh yeah. my God, why do you do that? And he created a lot of, of GitHub issues. And then at the end, we really cleaned up a lot of things. And we could already see the typical problem with technical depth. You have a new developer, a new person joining the team and then has to implement a simple thing, just, a, I don't know, in, in the UI to change a simple, small thing And you have to communicate really for a long time to, to, to give all the help and the support so that this person can change it because it's not documented, it's really hacky, it's bad. The person mm -hmm. doesn't understand why you did it like that. I can still remember when uh, Misha sent us an email that he might potentially want to join and we both were discussing that he'd be in for a surprise once he realized that it was built in such a basic way and yeah <laughs> not simple but basic it was very rudimentary but i think that's also you know only experienced developers would be able to do such a thing because you also have a reason of course you knew about all the technical uh, technical debt but you your reason was that you wanted to build something fast and test it fast and you made it in a way that made it possible And scalable at the same time, maybe not scalable to other team members, but at least scalable, scalable in terms of traffic, right? Even even with the traffic, I wouldn't agree that that was my plan at the beginning. We always had our um, Docker image of the of the server side um, software on a really small random server that 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 I'm using. And I, I always wanted to, to upgrade that and uh, push it into the cloud to Google that it's scalable. And I really wanted to do that and don't have it on my private small server because mm -hmm. uh, then we might have a problem in the future with traffic. But Matthias always said, and it was the best decision ever, we can still scale it up if we, if we run into this problem. Exactly. And I think yeah. that that was definitely a wise decision. Because even my small server is able to handle thousands of requests. So, so you you build the first MVP, and you 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 finally the launch day came, right? How how did you launch it? How did you uh, spread the word? I think it was quite simple. We just created a, a Twitter account, and then we created a tweet, and that was it mainly. I yeah, because I, I'm seeing here um, one of your tweets. Uh, or something that you retweeted, um, which was a tweet from uh, Andy. Uh, Andy is also a developer from Trivago. He's very um, known in the open source community. And you, I guess you gave him uh, his own uh, uh, code print and he tweeted about it. 
And this one has already more than 50 likes, a bunch of uh, retweets. Did, was this a strategy that you guys tried to do, like to, you know, get some some superstars in the open source community, give the, give it for free, and and bring it the, their their uh, traffic uh, to your platform? Uh, definitely. In in general, because you said we are developers and we focus on on coding and the, and the tech stack. That's that's true on the one hand, but we started quite early thinking about marketing and and how we should do that. And we started with Andy and it was kind of a, a, a test run because we, we haven't ordered anything yet from, mm -hmm. from, our, um, from our printing partner. So that was the first test. We said, Andy, you get it for free, but we just want to test the whole pipeline from, uh, from going to the website, ordering a product mm -hmm. to the and delivery to at the end. So really a, exactly an end-to-end -end test with all involved partners, um, software, all the steps in between. And of course, we also asked Andy if he can um, tweet about that. And we then applied the same strategy with other people. I, I looked at, at GitHub and looked for really um, good contributors, contributors or, or people on GitHub that have a lot of contributions in open source or in general. And then I just followed them on Twitter with our Twitter account. Mm -hmm. So they saw code prints and apparently they went to the website and saw, wow, that's a great product, ordered it. There were really um, very famous people in, in their community. Mm -hmm. They ordered the print and then tweeted about that. And some of them, they have, I don't know, 30,000 followers, 50,000 wow. followers. So they're really popular people and we didn't ask them, we just, uh, we just sent them a, a follower request and then they found the website. And at the end, that was really a multiplier that worked very, very well. Because if they tweeted, wow, look at, at this great print that I just got and they have 50,000 followers, of course, you get a lot of new yeah. orders, people that also order that. So that was definitely a, a multiplier that worked out very, very well. So how many orders did you have in the first month? I can't remember exactly, but definitely less than 100. So in total, we didn't, we didn't have that many orders. As I said, we expected, of course, more. You always expect more. That's also yeah, what you yeah. tell usually people in, in your podcast, right? You expected tons of people listening yeah. to your podcast. Exactly the same. We also expected that. We thought uh, half of the community, half of all the GitHub users will order a cool print <laughs> on the next day. Um, didn't work out like that, but we had definitely, um, I can't remember exactly, but, but more than 10 orders in, in the, in the first week or something like that. And that was quite good already for your completely new yeah, product of course. Yeah, yeah. With, uh, without any, any marketing effort or almost no marketing effort. So that, that was quite cool to see that. So, so Mat Matthias, walk me through your roller coaster of emotions. You release it and you you immediately get some some nice feedback you get you know big git githubbers i don't know if you can say, say it like this but you know buying from you even without you actually approaching them and they they share it to their huge followership and uh, and then it doesn't bring the results you're thinking about so tell me how what were you th feeling during this process there was never a point in time where I was disappointed. Maybe that's a good thing. 
mm-hmm. because I always knew that the market wasn't as big as maybe for some other projects or products. And also, I was happy that we managed to build something on its own and um, that we managed to pull it off. And also that we were quick about launching. So I remember when I said that maybe I wanted to overshoot in the beginning and the MVP was smaller than I thought. Well, mm-hmm. turns out I'm glad that we cut back on those features because it turns out that if we implemented them, then we'd have wasted our time. Uh, Misha, look, looking back to, to the, the strategy that Wolfie and uh, Matthias used to advertise their product, so with Twitter, with the uh, you know, code influencers, would you have done something different? I don't know, to be honest, because this is the first time I saw the process of building such a process, uh, project. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's the, also like an MVP of marketing ideas. So always for sure you can go and tweet out to uh, big coding persons or maybe with uh, tons of followers, but because they also get those requests maybe a hundred a day or a hundred a month. And it's maybe also not that feasible. So I think it's not that bad of idea. And I also found CodePrints through an article in the T3N or the T3N. I don't mm-hmm. know. The German website? It's German uh, tech website mm-hmm. with tech articles. So Oh, okay. I didn't know about I this. don't actually know again how they found CodePrints. Maybe Matthias or Wolfgang can answer this. I think they've they've found us on Product Hunt, but I can't remember exactly. And they uh, they featured us in an in an article which which was uh, quite nice because I think it's it's one of the biggest media or, or digital magazine or magazine for digital stuff in in Germany. So that was quite nice. And, and Misha approached us at the end. And as you asked Misha about um, the, the the marketing. Strategy. Misha was also heavily involved in that because what what Misha didn't say is that he he's a developer, and he, I, I think he also likes to code, but he also wants to to do other stuff and and get experience in in other areas, not just coding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he also tried a lot of of marketing related things, and maybe Misha, you can also <laughs> tell this 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 story with the. With the really popular guy that didn't like you that much on Twitter, this, hmm. this strategy, what you tried? Uh, Wolfgang or Matthias gave me access to the Twitter account, so, and as I said, just try it out. And me, don't have any experience. Well, yeah. tried it out. And just uh, one developer tweeted some code style, uh, interesting part. And I thought, well, maybe it's just a good idea to post a link uh, beneath the street and say, hey, maybe some of your community would like. Uh, prints of this and well he didn't like the advertisement at all <laughs> and but to be honest i just wrote him in private afterwards and said hey sorry for the uh, advertisement uh, approach and he said yeah it's no problem but uh, so many companies try that to hijack uh, other twitter feeds and they actually don't like it so yeah. he, he also directly replied if i can recall correctly he replied i'm I'm not. I'm not somehow connected to this company at yeah, all, yeah, and true. I. Uh, that's just advertisement, and uh, don't do it or something like that. Yeah, the so problem is we implemented impressive. a feature which uh, you can send direct URLs with the GitHub username already in it, and I used his GitHub username because it's quite popular. 
so that when the people click on it, they just directly see uh, how the tweet timeline of this person looks like. Mm -hmm. And maybe this was too much. Maybe removing the username and so the affiliation goes away would have been a better approach. But that's actually the reason why I kind of joined Codeprints or just wrote them. Because I want to see how some small companies work. And Matthias, were you not scared of having someone else joining your your project? Because, you know, for, for my experience, you know, it can go amazingly well, as, as it did with Misha, but it can also go, you know, it can also work as a, a way to kill the motivation. Well, did that cross your mind? <laughs> Perhaps the most important thing I did in the last 10 years was to trust people because I'm way beyond the point where I think the code is important and I was never disappointed by anyone that I led on a team and even if the project went to hell or even if someone dropped out again it was always better to add those people to the team in the first place because mm -hmm. You learn so much, and as the other said, you get a new perspective, and it's way more important than the monetary value for me, mm -hmm. especially when I do things in my free time. It really doesn't matter. And Coprince is way better off, thanks to Misha, mm -hmm. um, than it would be without. Go going back now to, to our storyline, so you were... Already, you had like the first month, like 100 orders or something. That was also quite good. And uh, what was the process? So you got an order, and what 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 work did you have to do in the in the backend? So we we get the order. We have to then create this this PDF. I mean, it's just a call to a URL, but you have of course to to set the right parameters, check the the, the years that you want to print. Then the PDF is generated, and then you have to somehow fit it into the the right frame that was ordered with the right margin. So you have to incorporate all that and then fit it in somehow and then create the final PDF and then to upload it to our printing partner, and then it gets printed and shipped to the to the customer. So uh, uh, how long would that process take? So especially at the beginning, sometimes I, I invested more than an hour for, for one print or we had yeah. even some, some orders where we invested at the end, I don't know, days because there was a problem with the color and the yeah. printing partner in the US that shipped out uh, blank, uh, <laughs> blank posters without anything <laughs> on okay. it. And we had to deal with that uh, customer support and also to, to communicate with the printing partner and then check the colors again. And then there was a technical problem with the formats, with the PDF. It's super complicated if you print stuff. It's not like on the screen where you just open a PDF and it works. I would say in the, in the best case, it's still five to 10 minutes that you have to invest per okay. order. And how much do you make per order? In general, it is around 10 euros, I would say. That's quite good. That's quite good, especially if it only if it only takes ten minutes of your time. So in I one mean, hour, it's a lot already. That's that's true. Sixty euros but, per hour, but that means sixty euros uh, per hour, which is not that much as a uh, before taxes as a, a cross salary. I would say it's it's even is not, it not that. I mean, if you have to pay a 
uh, employee. I but think uh, then what, it's what are you going to pay problem. them? You pay them like 20 years an hour, no? Um, yeah, if, I mean, if you if you consider all the costs is a bit more as a company, so it's usually 30% more than the gross salary, what you pay. But even then, true, then it's uh, 20 euros, but then you have to consider all the other work that, that we did, for example, all the coding, everything around that. Then um, customer support, that is very time intensive. And especially at the beginning, if you start with a business, you, you, you want to have satisfied users, yeah. right? So you, you do everything for them, almost everything. Of course, of course. But, but that, that's only in the beginning, right? So that's all the, pro of course, to set up the business, you have to, uh, you know, learn all of this, you know, tune all the little details. But once everything is up and rolling, then uh, it's very much scalable, right? Like, so the service is already running, so you just kind of have to maintain it, maybe work in some new features, but the core business and the core service is already running. Then uh, you already know how to mostly deal with the orders and in maybe average 10, 15 minutes, you can deal with them. So would you say, uh, Matthias and Misha, would you say that now, you know, marketing is your biggest challenge at the moment? Short answer, yes. So I like to look at it from a different perspective because what is the size of our target audience? Let's say maybe potentially one in a thousand or maybe even one in 10,000 people that have a GitHub account might be eligible for a print. Mm -hmm. And by eligible, I just mean it doesn't look empty. <laughs> Right. There's something on it and not right. just gray rectangles. Then I would say the market size is really, really small. But if there was a product that could increase the size of that market by a factor of 10, say, or even a factor of 100, which probably isn't that hard to achieve if we iterated on the product itself and created something that was personal but still wouldn't require years of work or at least one year of consistent work let's say mm -hmm. then that would be still an interesting market but how how big is the market because so let's say that's only like active github users or open source users uh, would would be eligible to buy uh, a print that is that is very easy to estimate i guess uh, you just look at what you sold so far and then maybe you project it into the future so i would say from from my gut feeling maybe 5,000 prints or so in total or 10,000 with the product that we have right now, which is not a big market. 10,000? Yeah, it's a very rough estimate. But if you look at the statistics, not many people are very active on GitHub. I, I see this also as an amazing gift for companies to give their employees, right? So, you know, we in Trivago, right, we, we spend sometimes months working in one project and every thing, like the company in every team event and whatever, we'd only speak about this project. It was a big thing around around our, our months, you know, even around our year, that in the end of, of this project, giving such a print to every developer involved with their commits, you know, I would see a lot of companies doing this and maybe even, you know, shifting your business to a B2B instead of a B2C uh, would, would also make sense. And it could open a, a, a lot of doors, right? 
Yes, we thought about that a lot. And there's a lot of upsides to it. For example, the main upside is that potentially you could sell more than one print and you could send prints in bulk. Exactly. So you could increase the market size. But there are some downsides as well. For example, you have to consider the fact that developers are no longer your customers because the people that pay are maybe product owners or marketing people within a company or maybe management level executives. Mm -hmm. So the developers themselves who know about the product, they won't uh, order a print for a team and the people that would like to order a print don't know about the product. But, but the, you know, in my personal view, it, it looks like you, you guys are have a, a great product. You have a great tech team, you know. The only thing missing is a marketing person. <laughs> you know, someone to join this isn't team. That, isn't that always like that? For us <laughs> to, developers, to... for sure. Yeah, and uh, Wolfgang exactly. and I have spoken about this uh, frequently that... It feels that marketing people are always looking for developers to build their app and the developers are always looking for marketeers to promote their app. So I, 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 that's, that's in my perspective, that's kind of what, what is missing for you. So tell me, uh, because we are also now re- reaching almost the end of our interview, I, what, are, what are the next steps for uh, CodePrints? Yeah, that, that is a good question. We, we decided more or less that we want to stop the project because we have exactly this problem that uh, we don't want to invest that much into marketing or to have at least the time for other projects as Matthias said because at the end we are I think we are all capable of doing marketing but we don't like it that much exactly so at the end it's also not that good the outcome usually if you don't like something I I think we are capable of doing that but for me personally for example I would prefer to put all my marketing effort that I don't like anyways into one of my main um, projects that, that that I have and not code okay. prints as well. Uh, I think you're going to a good point here because time is maybe also a problem. Uh, like one, I can say I have uh, much to do with the studies and working mm-hmm. and financing some <laughs> studies on the other side. Uh, which leads to maybe one or two hours a week. And Matthias also has his full-time job. Wolfie has his many projects he works on. So maybe also time is a problem when every of us three guys would say, okay, let's just jump into it and do it. Maybe it would work, but maybe even not. And then it's the question if you want to go that risk or not. Yeah. Maybe if it was just a happy little accident, that's all it uh, all that matters. I guess we had a good time together, yeah. and uh, we we enjoyed working together as well on this project. So all good on that front. In general, we try to be very honest and transparent here. So yeah. of course, there's not much going on right now, and probably we don't have that many sales. But I guess we still think that there is potential in general around personalized. Uh, prints and yeah if someone is interested in taking up from here then maybe they can contact us so um, you'd be willing to to sell what you've built it's always a matter of price but yeah. uh, you always want someone as well that believes in the mission of a project 
rather than just buys a thing and then runs it yeah. to the ground. It doesn't really help anyone because, let's face it, it will be some marketing effort and probably you need to understand how developers think mm -hmm. to make this successful. But if you are passionate about exactly those two things and you want to grow in that direction, then maybe it helps you to at least consider it. Otherwise, you'd start from zero. Yeah. Um, and yeah. We don't want to, to let it die, right? It, it, is our, it is our idea. We invested a lot of time and, and we also see the potential there. It's just that we have a lot of other things to do. And then it's the question, should we continue to, to invest the time into marketing into this project? But I think the potential is there. The market is there. And as Matthias said, we can also extend the market easily with just uh, some adaptions. And, and also we, we also have some other ideas for non-developers. So we can definitely do that. And I think then there is a big market. It's just at the moment that we are not the, 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 the marketeers that, that can do that and yeah. that want to do that. So if there is somebody who, who wants to join the team, of, of, of course, uh, just contact us, please. And then we make it fly. Three desperate developers looking for a marketeer. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, guys, th this was a, a lovely conversation, and um, I I would love to ask uh, in super quickly each one of you one thing you've learned with this project. Well, I can start. I also learned a really lot, like open source and the marketing stuff. But the main part I've learned is how simple and easy you can start such a business. Maybe maybe not the biggest, but it's quite easy yeah. to start. And the code base have not to be that complex because as a young developer, you always think, okay, it has to be such a complex product or something like this. But no, it may be that quite simple and just do it. Just yeah. start with it. And that's a great lesson. That's a great lesson. Matthias or Wolfgang, do you have also one thing you learned? My biggest lesson was to always think about the size of the target audience and okay. that impacts what you want to get out of this product or what you, your expectations. So as I said, personalized products, yes. Products for hardcore open source maintainers that have hundreds of commits, maybe not. Or at least you have to do some heavy marketing or you have want to tweak the product a little bit and then turn it into the right direction. I guess that was the biggest one. Um, for me, it was one thing that was the opposite than Misha said. I, I didn't expect that it's that much of work to, to bring everything online, the proof of concept. But that was not the, the biggest uh, learning. So uh, my lesson was maybe that marketing has such a big influence or impact on 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 your project because yeah. i thought we know the community we know the market we know the developers we know our customers very well right we we are our own customers we know them exactly we have a great network we know a lot of developers we know a lot of um, tech companies, mm -hmm. uh, especially to to Trivago, we are connected with a lot of, of different companies, but still we failed in marketing. And that is a big lesson for me that you really need somebody who takes over um, and can do this marketing, even if you're 
just or, or if even if you are such a great team of developers and you know it very very well or everything that i j just said marketing yeah. is still a huge problem and i think for all my other projects i will focus even more and earlier on marketing. this marketing topic if you are interested in learning more about matthias and uh, wolfgang i've done uh, two interviews or even two with wolfgang and one one with matthias i will link them in the description they are amazing interviews and you can really learn more about their mindset and uh, there will be a link also uh, for code prints in the description and there will be also their linkedin's uh, misha's and uh, matthias and wolfgang there so that you can reach out to them and maybe even uh, if you are interesting as a marketeer to join the team or or to buy the, the their product contact them because i really think there's a lot of potential here besides uh, that by the by the way we can we can also um give you a voucher for all the the listeners of wannabe entrepreneur so if you just use wow, the yeah. voucher code uh wanna entrepreneur um you will get a discount we will decide later and create the the discount voucher. What, the, the voucher code wanna be entrepreneur exactly wanna okay. entrepreneur um one word i would say definitely let's yeah. say yeah let's make 20 percent that that's wow definitely... thank you so uh all right if you use the voucher discount uh wannabe entrepreneur one word you'll get 20 percent in uh in the print i will also link everything in the description thank you so much guys for for giving this that's amazing and um also i want to invite uh, personally misha to join the wannabe entrepreneur uh, slack channel everyone i interviewed they get automatically the possibility to join there's a lot of entrepreneurs there i already also invited matthias but he didn't want to join so hopefully now for the second time he will join i would love to have you there too matthias and, I, will uh, join. I will join hey you will join so now you heard it and, uh, I, there was no pressure <laughs> yes i can guarantee you that Tiago did not put any pressure yes. on me right now. So put that weapon away now, okay? I <laughs> think Tiago is not able to finish this podcast. As a as a list <laughs> as a listener, if you wanna join this, you can become a member. It's only four years per month, and uh, you get uh, the premium content, and you get access to the Slack channel, and you get to support this amazing podcast. Thank you very yeah, much. Hopefully, we we see all of you in the in the workspace in the Slack workspace soon. Yeah, because I. So far, it was really cool to talk to a lot of uh, listeners. That that is really nice. So it's a really cool community. You should definitely join. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And I'm I'm not forcing him to say this. He said this really, for, from his own heart. So thank you very much. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you tomorrow. <laughs>